Welcome to What's New on the Scene. Today I'm chatting with Sarah Yagi from Sydney. Would you like to introduce yourself and the origin story of you being an artist and I guess starting out in the industry? Yep, so my name's Sarah Yagi and I'm a alternative pop rock artist. I definitely think that the origin story for me started off with grabbing music from like a really young age as a form of, you know, means to communicate, means to express. And I've been really lucky that I've been able to make a career out of it and really share my story and blossom through that. So it's a bit of my background. What genre would you say your music has, I guess, changed into if it has had a bit of an evolution process and are you likely to change it as you start to write more and more music? I think that it definitely fits into more of an alternative pop space right now, but with my live shows, they get a bit heavier and a bit rockier. So I definitely think that my music can go in just the piano and myself. So it's in a really nice alternative pop cinematic space, which I, you know, commercial sounding. So I was trying to figure out that, you know, really sweet spot, but. Right now, alternative pop, cinematic, and then may go into singer-songwriter or may go heavier later on, I can definitely see. Was there a defining moment where you decided that music was the only thing that you wanted to do as a career? And I guess, was there any challenges along the way that maybe stopped you from pursuing that at certain stages? I think that it was definitely... Not necessarily a defining moment where I knew that I wanted to do music. So I've always been quite lucky with knowing that that was what I wanted to do from a really young age. But I guess growing up, there was a lot of challenges because I wasn't able to access music or the means to be a musician quite easily. I grew up in public housing um, with a family that wasn't as musical because there wasn't really a space to do that. So I think that a defining moment where I made sure I was going to do it for you know, really the rest of my life was leaving home and seeing, you know, the different paths I could go on and, you know, really understanding that if I put all my heart and all my soul into music, I can make something from it. So I've been really lucky that I've been able to. What music have you been listening to recently? Are there any standout artists or bands that you've discovered and sort of, you know, looking forward to maybe seeing one of their shows one day? He's coming to Sydney in November, so I'm very excited for him. He's always on a rotation for me. But to be honest, and um, their name's Elestial, and they just released a song. I'm going to double-check the song title before I mess it up because you know those songs that you just keep playing yeah. and you're like, I know every single word, but uh, um, what's it called again? Nothing's going to change, and I love that song so much. So, yeah, they're, they're called Elestial. They're a Newcastle-based band, and they're, they're really great. So I've got that song on repeat all the time right now. Yeah. Which bands and or artists would you say influence your sound the most? I think definitely the artist that I mentioned Eden does, but also I think in terms of that ulti pop space, I've been listen- listening to a lot of like Nessa Barrett. Um, I also listen in terms of more of a song- singer-songwriter space like Jeremy Zucker, but I think, you know, going into that like darker territory of pop is, you know, your, like Charlotte Lawrence's, your Nessa Barrett's, things like that. What is your go-to album or song that you always come back to? I, I've i mentioned him a lot, so I need to stop. But one more time, um, my favourite album is Vertigo by Eden. I don't mean this to be an Eden chat, but it's turned into that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Vertigo by Eden is an incredible album and my 
favorite album of all time. What is your creative and recording processes like? And do you have any advice for new bands and artists that want to refine the songwriting and producing process? I think with my songwriting and creativity, firstly, it very much starts off with like me on the piano, me with a guitar. I can kind of play guitar, not too much, so mainly piano, but I do sometimes try. Um, And writing from there, I think that I've been in a space the last few months where I've gotten into a lot of like collaborative writing. So there's, you know, there's pros and cons for both. So it either goes from quite collaborative to just me, myself and I. But in terms of the recording process, I, if I'm not recording and writing with that person, I will usually bring in like my chords, my lyrics, my structure. Um, I'll have the song done and I'll give some reference tracks and, you know, what it sounds like. I think that in terms of like advice for other artists, really making like reference track lists is so important. I think as you write a song, finding other songs that you like, you know, maybe it's one song that you like, the kick drum, or one song that you like, the pads in it, and really being able to communicate to the producer or the recording engineer, this is what I want it to sound like. I think a point of reference is really good because sometimes you can just be like, I want it to sound with like pretty stuff on it. Like it's hard to communicate that. So reference tracks are so, so good for that. Who would you say has given you the best advice about succeeding in the music industry? I think there's been a lot of people, but I have, I'm really lucky because I work at a um, music publicity company called Good Intent and the friends and bosses, but really just the family that I've got here is really beautiful. So um, like Rob, Rick, Nick, um, they work with me, but they always, you know, they open their arms up to my music and they always give me advice and support me in that they come to my shows. So I definitely think they have been great in getting advice and feeling supported about my career and what I really want to do. So definitely those guys. Who would you say have been the most influential people in your life? And I guess if there's people who've come into your life more recently that have allowed you to pursue that career in music that you've always wanted. I think it's definitely been a combination of a lot of people, but I'll start off with like the kind of bad ones. So I was in a really bad relationship when I was 19 and it was during COVID. Um, and I think when I was in that relationship, he was a like a, a pianist. Um, so he was super musical and we used to write together all the time, but he was influential in the fact that a lot of my songs are still about him and they've, you know, definitely grown from that. But he brought out the strongest emotion in me in sadly a negative way, but it helped me, you know, really be able to tap into my songwriting and how I connect. So he was definitely the one of the bigger influences. Um, my drummer, Anthony, he has been so incredible. He's helped me be able to put tracks to my music and figure out all the sound and the like the engineering. So like, he's so, so cool with like the tech sort of side of things. Um, and I think, yeah, in terms of like influential, it's definitely I th- like, like my, I, kept, I talked about them before, but my boss, like Nick, he's really, really great in terms of just listening to and listening to him talk and speak and hear what he has to say. It's super influential and really inspiring. So definitely those three. What would you say you've done over the years to make sure that you're focused on producing the quality music that you want to, but then having a balance outside of music with friends, family and other interests? I think I'm still definitely learning that balance. I think that I it's a, it's a balancing game. It's I get better at it, but I think as 
a vocalist, prioritizing my health is something that I'm really trying to do. So sleep, eat properly. And I'm really bad at it sometimes, I do admit. I think it's something I'm practicing, but I actively try and plan it. I think planning ahead to, you know, see my friends and planning ahead to make the time is really, really important. I think the earlier I carve out the time, the more I go, well, I've booked this. I cannot change this. I cannot go. I need to work in that period because I've already booked like a dinner with someone or like to go out and have like a beer at the pub. I don't drink beer, but like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> planning in advance definitely has been helpful. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your music? I got asked this the other day and I had to like stop myself. I was like, is it just music? Um, no, I think that one of the interesting things I have, which I forget about, so I'm a, uh, I grew up like watching a lot of Pokemon as a kid and I will not be able to answer all the like the really specific Pokemon questions, but I do collect Pokemon pop finals and I've got about like maybe 30 at home and my housemate hates it, hates it. Like he tries to bring like, you know, people home and he's like, don't look at the Pokemon wall, I swear it's not mine. But I'm like, no, it's so cool. And I also have like a little Pikachu tattooed on me. You won't be able to see it because it's the podcast, but I do have a Pikachu tattooed on me. Um, so yeah. Definitely a little Pokemon fan and I love Marvel. I'm not helping my case at all with the whole, like, I swear I'm cool. <laughs> I love Pokemon and Marvel. Those are, are they a hobby? They're now a hobby. That's a, that's a hobby. What are three albums that you would leave in a time capsule for future generations to discover? I will have to say Eden Vertigo because I mentioned that before. Um, I really, really like an album from Jeremy Zucker, which I'm going to cheat and find on my phone right now, um, which is called Love Is Not Dying. And I also am a massive Joji fan, massive, massive Joji fan. And I love his like album Nectar. I think that's a beautiful album. So those three. Do you have any interesting stories about celebrities or musicians that you played on a lineup with? Not played on a lineup with, but I've got this one, which I told yesterday, so I'm going to mention it. I used to work at a, like as a little little receptionist at Sony, and I went into the bathroom and I ran into the Veronicas there, and I was like, "Oh, be cool, be cool," because they were my first album, like first first album. And one of them, I don't know which one, because they both look the same, but one of them was like, "Oh, I love your hair color. I used to have the same hair color," and I was like, hey, "Thank you." <laughs> and I ran out so the Veronica's complimented my red hair and I was like sweet I'm never changing it ever what would you say has been your favorite gig so far I think my favorite gig was when I traveled up to Byron Bay with my band to play at the Beach Hotel um, supporting Ollie Sherman I think we were quite harsh on ourselves. There were things that went wrong in that gig. There was definitely things that went wrong. It was our first time traveling from Sydney all the way up to Byron Bay. We were tired. We were like, yeah, let's just play like a big show. We got this. Um, but it was really beautiful to go on tour, to stay in a little hotel together, to be near the beach. I love the beach. So I got to have like a little break and like know what I was performing afterwards. So I definitely think that was my favorite gig today because not just like for the fact that I got to perform, but the whole environment around them. What would you say is your favorite venue to play at? This is hard. I, da, 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 da. I think I really do like both Oxford Art Factory and also most recently the Lady Hampshire in Camperdown. Um, Lady Hampshire is a new one. It's, but all the equipment super brand new. The sound engineer and lighting guys are really, really strong and it's such a nice space because it's kind of like 
half pub, half music venue. So it's almost like this really like, I don't know, it just feels nice and really connected. So yeah, Oxford Art Factory, Gallery Bar and Lady Hampshire. What is your latest release and how is the recording and then releasing process? My latest release is Just Like Me um, and the recording process, I wrote it in August after like a really, really, really serious incident happened that I watched and I didn't know how to process it. So I went into like a studio session and I was like, I'm just going to write it. I'm going to find a way to write about this now. So the recording process, I wrote the song in maybe a couple of hours and I got it out really fast because it was super cathartic for me. The releasing process, it's been great. I, I do everything myself in terms of like being an independent artist. Um, obviously I work at Good Intent, so my friends here help me with publicity and give me advice, but I really, I, I do run everything myself. So to be this hands-on and involved really helps me connect and talk to, you know, lovely people like you and other people about my music. And yeah, I'm just really, really grateful for that. What is your dream venue that you want to play in Australia? And if you were ever given the opportunity to play overseas, is there somewhere that you've always wanted to play? I definitely think I I really want to go Enmore. I love Enmore Theatre so, so much. So dream venue would be Enmore. And then overseas, I see so many people talk about Madison Square Gardens. I, I see so many people. So I'm going to say that because I want to I want to also do it. It's a bucket list now. Everyone's forced me to put it on the bucket list. I keep hearing about it. So... <laughs> By force, it's on the bucket list. <laughs> what does the rest of the year look like for you and your music? I am just about to announce a 25 show date tour across New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland and WA. Um, so lots of music that I planned out um, to play for the rest of the year. And I also am going to be releasing some more music towards the end of it. So lots of music playing, lots of music releasing and combining that into a really cool Sarayagi sandwich, which I just created. <laughs> is there any new music coming soon? Uh, yes, so Just Like Me is the latest one. And maybe soon there'll be another one in a couple of months, a couple of weeks. You gotta check out the socials to keep up to date. Is there a song or album recommendation for the podcast listeners to check out that's been re least by a band or artist from the local music scene in Sydney. I'm going to come back to it. No, um, nothing's going to change by Alestio. It is such a good track. It's so, so, so good. I recommend, I recommend, I recommend. <laughs> well, it's been great chatting with you today, Sarah. Good luck with your upcoming, you know, gigs and the tour that you're going to be announcing very soon. So I'm sure your fans have been streaming your music and giving you some well-deserved feedback because they have been really good, your music, so, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to chat to me. No. So <clears throat> you can follow Sarah on socials and listen to her music. It will be in the show notes of this episode. Make sure to follow What's New on the Scene on Instagram and Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. You can also listen to all episodes that have been released for what's new on the scene, wherever you get your podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you can find your podcasts. We've been What's New on the Scene. See you next time.